In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. scripture for today. I'm going to spend a few minutes meditating on it and please do meditate on this scripture because um, for what we're going to talk about for a few minutes I'm praying to uh, this scripture is so apt. Amen. It's taken from the book of Psalms, Psalms 62 verse 11, the New King James Version, Psalm 62, verse 11. God has spoken once, the psalmist says, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. Amen? God has spoken once, the psalmist says, twice have I heard this, it's confirmed it is settled once and for all 
that power belongs to God. Amen. God has spoken very plainly. One translation says, I have heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. So I want you to meditate on that scripture. Just let it sink into your subconscious, this whole issue about power. Power doesn't rest anywhere else, doesn't belong to anyone but to God. Ultimate power. There's no one who can exercise power without exercising it because God allows the person to. So let's think about it, that scripture. Let it become relevant to our day-to-day lives. That power belongs to God. That it is a confirmed truth that power belongs to God. That God himself has declared this truth, spoken plainly once, that power belongs to him. Let's think about it, meditate on it for a few minutes.
Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for your settled word. We receive into our hearts tonight the truth of your word that power belongs to you, O God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Power belongs to you, O God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, and together we say, Amen. Go on, please celebrate God's word. Celebrate God's word. Amen. Amen. Amongst the many scriptures that, that speak to this dual existence um, in this realm, the physical realm, and in the spiritual realm, and that also speak to the origin of this battle, or certainly the origin of our adversary, would be the scriptures in the book of Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, Ezekiel 28. And in Ezekiel 28, for the first 10 verses, the proclamation is against the physical king of Tyre. It's a proclamation against a man. Uh, the Bible declares that where, 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 where the word of the Lord says concerning him, you, yet you are a man and not a God. Um, and it says that at least in, on two occasions. So the proclamation is against a man. But then by the time we get to verse 11, although the proclamation is directed at the man, the physical man, it becomes clear that that lament from verse 11 is really against the spirit behind the man. Amen? And we understand that that's how it works. It's the spirit behind the person. So Peter speaks to Jesus. Jesus turns to Peter because he knows that what Peter is saying is not from him, is not from his headquarters in heaven. He knows that Peter is being seduced to encourage him not to fulfill his plan. He turns to Peter physically, Peter is standing there, and he rebukes Satan. Amen? Yet he is talking to Peter, but he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because he knew that this battle isn't really with Peter. Peter's a good guy. He's my disciple. He's been with me all this time. But the battle is really with the spirit behind Peter. And so he deals directly with the spirit. Part of the challenge is that a lot of times we are faced with circumstances and we are dealing with the, the physical beings. But really, the problem is not the physical beings. It's the spirits that are manipulating the people and trying to manipulate the circumstance. So, the proclamation starts against the king of Tyre. But by the time we get to verse 11, it changes. And the change can be very subtle unless you are paying attention. And 
the lament and the proclamation now is against the spirit behind the king. And it gives us an insight into the origin of this battle that we find ourselves in. Certainly the origin of the commander of the other side, of the head of the other kingdom that is standing against you and I and against the kingdom of God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, and diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Now, how many know that at that point you know he's not talking about the physical king? Because the physical king wasn't in the Garden of Eden. And the physical king certainly did not have perfection. So it's obvious he's now talking to the spirit behind the king, the spirit that moved the king to do all the wickedness that he did against the nation of Israel. He goes on, The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Amen? How many know that's clearly not the king? Yeah, the king didn't have any beautiful musical instruments woven into him. He goes on and says, You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned, therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the people are astonished at, at, at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Amen? Amongst the many things that encourage us in this battle, is the declaration here as to the fact that this is a created being. Amen? There is only one uncreated, only one person uncreated, and that is God. So our adversary, God establishes clearly that I made you. Yeah? I made you. I created you. I established you. I, I gave you a purpose. Amen? Now, if you turn to Revelations, the 12th chapter, Revelations, the 12th chapter, it confirms what the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel. Revelations, the 12th chapter, verses 7 to 9. Now, some, 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 some people ask, and it's a good question to ask, was this speaking about the future, or was it speaking about the past, 
or was it speaking about the present? The truth is that it was speaking past, present, and future. Yeah? He's been cast down. He is cast down by the cross, and he will be cast down again. Am I making some sense? Yeah? And that's the way the Bible speaks uh, sometimes. Revelation 12, verses 7 to 9. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world. Now, if he deceives the world, he's speaking in the past. Amen? He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So somebody's wondering, how did this whole thing happen? Well, between Ezekiel and Revelations, we find out that this, this being that was created ostensibly to lead worship, you know, woven amazing musical instruments, woven into this being, as beautiful as you can imagine, topaz and turquoise and diamonds, all his clothing, uh, iniquity arose in his heart. Uh, a rebellious spirit arose in his heart. And he decided that, he, why doesn't he become like God? And the interesting thing is that he convinced one-third of the angels of heaven to join him in his rebellion. You know, that tells you that he's pretty convincing. We can see the results in the world. And when that happened, Michael was dispatched, an archangel, same ranking as him, because we believe he was, he was as Lucifer, an archangel. Michael was dispatched to go and deal with him. And he was dealt with and he was cast out of heaven with one-third of the angels, cast towards the earth. Amen? Now, we know from the other scriptures we've shared over the last few days that they ended up somewhere in the heavens. Amen? We also know from what we heard yesterday that there are at least biblically three heavens. The third heaven, or if you want to call it, count it from the other way, the first heaven, which is where God is, that's paradise. Amen? And then the heavens that we see, the psalmist describes the heavens that declare the handiwork of God, the firmaments, and that would be the third heaven. Amen? Now, that means in between there somewhere is a second heaven. And we know from Scripture that that's where he rules, the, the prince of the air. That's, in a sense, his headquarters. That's why when Daniel prayed and the answer was given, the opposition that he encountered was in the heavens. Amen? The, 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 the angel that stopped, the archangel, the prin, the, rather the principality, the prince of Persia that stopped Daniel, Daniel's answer from coming was in the heavens. Amen? Now, it's important to distinguish, certainly from my study of the Bible, between that organized hierarchy of what one translation calls master spirits, um, um, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. That's the highest hierarchy of Satan. And after that is him. But then he's so hier his hierarchy is so organized that to do his work here, because angels of that nature don't inhabit beings. Yeah? They, are, they are okay being angels. They are not looking for bodies to inhabit. So they send spirits 
evil spirits, demons on assignment. Amen? Now, those are the ones that are here. Demon of lust, demon of greed, demon of depression, demon of, you just name it. They are here, multiple demons here, evil spirits. And their aim is to look for a body. They need a body. Because the angels, in the, in the spiritual sense, they have bodies in the spirit. Yeah? They, they are described. They have wings. We know they have wings from the Bible. You know, we know some of them carry swords. We, we've, we've had described the, the, in, the angels of worship around the throne of God. But these are very different from the spirits that are sent on an assignment here. In fact, the way I put it is that, that those are the foot soldiers of the kingdom of darkness. Amen? So, you know, we, we, we can spend our lives dealing with these spirits and then we never really rise up to deal with principalities and powers because we are busy dealing with addiction here, lust here, uh, anger here. These are small, small, small. These are messengers. So, they, they tie the church down so that we can't deal with ruling spirits and the kingdom can't advance. But let us overcome those ones first here. Amen? And you know, the truth is that the way it should be for the child of God, we should quickly overcome those ones so that God can use us to achieve significant things in terms of changing communities, changing nations, changing cities, and advancing his kingdom. Amen? So when Jesus comes, when the kingdom of God comes, its first encounters are with those spirits. What he calls, what the Bible calls unclean spirits. These demons. And when he gives us our mandate, the sign that should follow all the believers... Part of the sign is our clear authority over those unclean spirits. That, that we will cast them out. We will deal with them. You know, get rid of them. These unclean spirits, these foot soldiers, these messengers of the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And, and my prayer is that we all will testify that that's the case in our lives and in our families. That we've got rid of all these, these, these unclean spirits, these messengers that are sent to torment, to harass. And that's their assignment, torment, harass, enslave. That's what they're sent to do. The, ex the, ex the expression of that is kill, steal, and destroy. Torment, harass, and enslave. That we get rid of them. You know, deal with them. Exercise the authority that we have over them in dealing with them. Amen. Now, it's important to understand that a Christian cannot be possessed. It would be an anomaly to say that what is God's is possessed by another person. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't work like that. So, a Christian cannot be possessed. However, a Christian can have these spirits trouble or torment the Christian in a particular part of the Christian's life. Now, you will testify that that has been the case in your life. I can testify that that has been the case in my life. 
that there are parts of my life that thankfully progressively have been taken back, but that, that we can all testify that there are parts of our lives, even after we have given our lives to Christ and the Spirit of God has taken up residence in us, there are parts of our lives that are not fully submitted to God like they should, and the enemy has sway in those parts of our lives. So when a Christian is dealing with anger, it doesn't mean that he's not a Christian. If Jesus came, he would go to heaven. But it's obvious that in an area of his life, some, some door has been opened and those spirits are there and they're in control. If a Christian is dealing with lust, it's the same thing. If a Christian is dealing with uh, gluttony, it's the same thing. If a Christian is dealing with greed, it's the same thing. And the list goes on and on and on where we have not taken full control and authority. And a lot of times we need to do that by dealing with the spirits that are seeking to rule in that area of our lives and literally taking control of our lives. Am I making some sense? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise God. So today I wanted to give you an example of what, how, what spiritual warfare looks like. Prayer warfare looks like. If you turn with me to, and then we'll pray. If you turn with me to Exodus, the 17th chapter. I'll, I'll, I'll do this from the New Living Translation. Exodus, the 17th chapter. You know, can I just tell you that prayer works? You know? And, and the enemy knows prayer works. That's why he just cannot have you praying. He doesn't want you praying. Believe me, prayer works. Prayer brings to pass God's plans and God's purposes. It's just that sometimes the challenge we have and where we fall flat is that the answer doesn't come as quickly as we want oftentimes. And the perseverance that is required to bring the answer, a lot of the church falls short. But in the last few days, there have been personal examples that I have experienced. People who are close to me, people who I know, where things that we have been praying for, they are just beginning to fall into place. And some of these things we've been praying for quite a while. It's just the nature of prayer. And I just wanted to encourage you that persevere as long as it is God's will, it surely will come to pass. And, and two people believe that. Five people believe that. Exodus, the 17th chapter, verse 8. I love the Old Testament because it gives a graphic picture of spiritual things by showing you natural things. And this was God's grace because God knew we struggled to understand the spiritual. So he thought the way the Bible is worked, if he shows you an example naturally, then you get the spiritual. Exodus 17 verse 8. While the people of Israel were still, this is the New Living Translation, were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill 
holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. This is the most graphic example imaginable of the power of prayer and how prayer works. The Israelites had been given a word from God. The word was through Moses and to Moses to lead them out of Egypt and lead them into the land of Canaan, what the Bible describes in graphic terms as a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a parallel, parallel to our lives. We don't have Moses as a deliverer, but we have Jesus as our deliverer. And Jesus delivered us out of a type of Egypt, a place of bondage, where we were the slaves of a Pharaoh in Satan. So you and I were delivered out of our Egypt. And we were delivered, there isn't time, but we could, I could do, could do an amazing study of this. The deliverance came by the blood. The blood for them physically of lambs that were slaughtered and ushered their deliverance out of bondage. For you and I, it was the blood of Christ at the cross of Calvary that delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That delivered us from the bondage of our own Pharaoh, Satan, and delivered us into the kingdom of God. And the message to them was that they were being taken out to be taken in. We are not delivered to wander. We are delivered from the kingdom of darkness to enjoy the abundance of life, the fullness of God and the promises of God. Amen? That's what the Bible makes clear. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus says. And so, if we're delivered to roam in a wilderness, it's not the type and shadow that I see in the Bible. We're delivered to go in to a promise of God. And they had a physical promise of a land. It was a physical land. We have the promises of God to possess in the same way that they had to possess the land. Whatsoever their feet would tread upon, they would possess. Whatsoever we tread upon spiritually by the word of God, we possess as well. Amen? But then, when they come out, you can imagine their shock when they suddenly realize that between us 
And this Canaan, this land flowing with milk and honey, is a plethora of hostile tribes. Amalekites, Jebusites, Hittites, Philistines, Hevites, and the list goes on and on. And every one of these tribes has one purpose. We must stop them from entering Canaan. We don't wrestle against physical tribes. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians. But we do wrestle against tribes, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, spirits sent on assignment. We do fight against them. And their purpose is the same, to stop the blessed, the children of God, the chosen of God, the elect of God from entering the promises of God. Can someone say amen to that? Does that make some sense? Does it make some sense? Yes? Yes? Yeah, yeah please talk, talk to me. I, I don't know if I'm talking to myself. Make some sense. Yes. Encourage me. Make some sense. Yes. Okay. All right. So they come out and one of the most hostile tribes stands against them at a place called Rephidim, the Amalekites. And the warriors from Amalek these evil spirits for you and I come against the nation of Israel. So Moses, so wisdom, someone who understood what was happening. Moses says to Joshua, go into the valley and fight them. <laughs> oh God. You have to study for the exam. You have to write the CV. You have to prep for the interview. You have to do what you have to do and do it well. It is not enough to say I'm doing spiritual warfare and I'm not studying. No, you will fail. Because his instruction to Joshua was natural. It was here on earth. Go into the valley and engage them. And Joshua, as you know, was the most highly skilled man of war. Easily that the Bible records. He, Joshua understood warfare. Joshua had done his homework. And so Joshua goes into the valley. He does the physical things. He prepares himself. He arms his soldiers. He sets them in battle array. And he engages the enemy. He locks horns with the enemy. He clashes with the enemy. But as he says to Joshua, go into the valley. He says, I will go to the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Believe me, you don't get many more clearer pictures of intercession. The only other clearer picture I have, Old Testament intercession, is, 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 is Elijah on his knees with his face buried between his hands. You know, sometimes when I'm praying, I'll share some of my personal things with you. When, when the intercession gets, when it gets hot, I actually see myself standing with the staff in my hands. I pray a lot like that. When the thing gets hot, I just lift my hands. And it's really a mirror of what Moses was doing. It's not the lifting of the hands or anything. It's just the heart of intercession that is taking place. So the old man says, tomorrow you go and do what needs to be done. Do what needs to be done, please. 
Don't be, don't, be, don't be slack in what needs to be done. Do exactly what needs to be done. Don't be found wanting with what needs to be done. And don't think that God condones irresponsibility by saying that I'm praying. God doesn't work like that. So he goes into the valley the next morning. And then the old man starts to climb the hill. <laughs> the climbing of the hill for an old man involves effort. Anybody who tells you that praying through anything does not involve effort does not understand intercession. You fast. You pray. A lot of times you pray long and hard. Prayer warfare is not kindergarten stuff. You pour yourself out. The picture that I see, you hold on to the horns of the altar of prayer and refuse to let go. What does God say? Give me no rest day and night. How many know that giving me no rest day and night is effort? So a lot of prayers are not answered because the fervent, effectual prayer is non-existent. The sole travail of prayer is non-existent. Where a person's soul travails. The picture of travailing prayer that brings results, Jesus paints in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible tells us that he prayed to such an extent, and they tell us medically that there is a, there's a, a level of exertion you can get to that instead of secreting sweat, your body starts to secrete blood. It's a level of exertion. If the Son of God could push like that, who are you and I not to push like that? So the old man, as old as he was, climbs the hill, every step and effort, until he gets to the position of intercession at the top of the hill. Aaron and her don't fully understand what is going on. But they trust the old man. So they follow him. The Bible says when he gets to the top of the hill, he lifts up his hands with the staff of God in his hands. He starts to intercede. And then they notice something, Aaron and her. Now, you don't need Aaron, you don't need uh, her. Romans 8.26 tells you who you need. The Spirit of God helps our human frailties and our weaknesses. Amen? They notice something, and I can only imagine the light bulb moment for them. It's like a seesaw thing that they notice. They notice that, as the Bible says, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. And because prayer warfare is tiring, it's tiring. If you've done it before, to pray through is tiring. 
Whilst others are sleeping, you are awake. You're waking up early. You're trying to catch every time you can get. You're not wasting time. The time in the car becomes a time of intercession. You're timing yourself. From here to here, I have 45 minutes. I can intercede in those 45 minutes. Prayer warfare that prays through can be tiring. You're fasting and fasting. You're spending half the year fasting. But it's because you are praying through. It's because of the enormity of the burdens that you're carrying. And you know that there is no way this battle can be won except I pray through. Is this making some sense to someone? Moses' arms soon become so tired, he can no longer hold them up. There's a limit to what he could do. There's a limit to what you and I can do in ourselves. We need help. So Aaron and her, having figured the connection between this man's raised hands and the advance of the Israelite army or the advance of the kingdom of God, is it clicked that whatever is happening here is causing that movement there. Because when what is happening here abates, ground is lost. Oh, please, let me tell you something. If your prayer reduces, you lose ground automatically. It's just the way it works. But if you, if you persevere in prayer, you are gaining ground. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man always avails much. It's a scripture. And so, with hands lifted up, hands become dropping, him getting tired, Aaron and her figure out, this is the connection. So, they sit the old man on a stone. It's not his legs they need. It's his hands. It's the place of intercession they need. And with the old man on a stone, they lift up his hands. Thank God for the Spirit of God that helps us in intercession. Your greatest ally in intercession is the Spirit of God. He's the one who takes you beyond what your human weaknesses and frailties can take you, where you're stopped by your humanity, your human weaknesses and frailties. The Spirit of God is your greatest ally in intercession. And so Aaron and her hold up his hands. And the Bible says, so his hands held steady until sunset. Don't let anybody tell you prayer warfare is easy. This thing started in the morning and it was till sunset. So someone said, I've been asking God for three months. The, the, the magnitude of the thing is more than three months. And you're asking God for three months was Monday you asked him, you forgot Tuesday, Wednesday. Then on Thursday you remembered, then you forgot. Then on Sunday you thought, oh my God, I haven't remembered. How many are truthful? That's the way we pray. Then you totally forgot completely. Forgot. And seven weeks later, you just, oh my God, I was supposed to be praying for. That's why when people tell me they are praying for me, I thank God for it, but I cannot trust my life into another person's hands. They will sleep. They will forget. So my, my destiny is in my hands by the grace of God. Not in another person's hands. He quarreled with his wife. Then they for, he forgot to pray because he's cursing out his wife. 
and my whole life is falling apart. The Bible says, his hands held steady. May your hands of intercession hold steady. Oh God. May your hands of intercession hold steady. You're not moving. You know, when you say it held steady, you, 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 you hold it. You're not moving. Somebody say with me, as a result. What does as a result mean? Because of. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Why did Joshua overwhelm the Amalek, the, the, the Amalekites in battle? As a result of what happened on the hill. It wasn't as a result of Joshua's skill. His skill was necessary. But the Bible didn't say, as a result of Joshua's skill, Joshua's prowess in battle. No. The Bible says, as a result of Moses' hands being steady in the place of prayer, Joshua overran in the valley. Your victory in the valley is totally dependent on what you do on the hill. That's, to put it in, in, in New Testament times, your heavenly Father sees what you do in secret and rewards you openly. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 14. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. Rise to your feet. Tonight we want to Erase certain things from under the heaven. Rise to your feet. The way you're rising tells me that you need help from the Spirit of God to energize you for prayer. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Why will I do that? Because Joshua was on the hill, and Moses was on the hill, and his hands were steady. Spirit of the living God, please come and steady the hands of intercession in this place. For tonight, we want to erase certain things, the memory of certain things, as you dictate from under the heaven. So what are we erasing from under the heavens? We're erasing anything that does not line up with the word of God. As long as we know and we, 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 from the word of God, the spirit of God brings confirmation that this is not God's plan. We want to erase it. Go on. Lift your voice and begin to just declare that in the place of intercession. The hands of his intercession are steadied. Tonight we want to erase it. Can you have the faith to believe that you can erase it tonight? Oh God of mercy, Sinanda Raboshte, Deli Broseki and Darabashte, Rebobokuraba, Shanda Karianda Brokosto. Oh God of mercy, Sinali Brosekende. Father, steady the hands of intercession, oh God. Father, if we have to pray till our sunset, then so it is. Manibo, Bradoste, Keli Bradakiando. Father, for your name's sake, oh God. The reason we have to over we have to overcome is because these tribes that are in the way they are trying to stop us from entering the promise of God 
I hope you can see your Canaan. I hope you can see the land flowing with milk and honey. If you have to go through those tribes, you have to. Paul calls them principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We come against them. We come against every resistance to God's plan and purpose. We decree that the Lord has spoken, it shall surely come to pass. We acknowledge that all power belongs to God. We receive the immeasurable power of God into us. We begin to speak. Our mouths become launch pads. As we launch the weapons of God against the enemy, we declare that the blood of Jesus is against you. The word of God is against you. We come against you. We declare that your memory shall be erased. Erased from my life. Erased from this family. Go on, lift your voices. Let your hands be steady on that hill as you begin to declare that it cannot stand, it cannot come to pass. It has to change to glorify God's name. It has to give way. Oh God of mercy. Father, we lift our hands, O oh God, metaphorically, the hands of intercession. Holy Spirit, steady those hands, O oh God, as we declare the word of God, as we declare the counsel of God, as we declare the purpose of God, as we say all power belongs, belongs to God, as we receive the power of the Spirit. Mane, we declare that it has to be erased. Can you have the faith to believe that it is erased? It is erased. It is, the memory of it is erased. Oh, I declare to someone here that as you come over on the other side, you will be like they that dream. You will barely remember what you came through. Oh, we lift our voices. Mariros, tere prozunda kate, hala, hala, hala. Oh, prosingeturaye. And it is all for your glory, O oh God. We give you all the praise, O oh God. We say, erase, O oh God. Maridado, zando, zando. And karianda. Brokorobojotulaye. Maricadoste keriende. The battle gets fiercer. In the heat of that battle, Moses got tired. But thank God Aaron and her were with him. We wonder what would have happened if Aaron and Hare were not hit with him. Now thank God that the Spirit of God is with you. He is your helper, your intercessor. Holy Spirit, please come and give a new wind, O oh God, to your son. A new wind to your daughter. If they were tired, O oh God, Holy Spirit, help our human frailties. Borozoturaye. Mandoshto, alibade, kede suraye, kekunda kariaraba, borobosho kuraye, kekeki, keki, keki koruba, handoroboshu, nanetete, zibrado kushte, lemindo kuraye, kekurubojaka, mandorobosho kulaye, bezinderebe, zebrize dizo, ziza, ziza, ziza ko, rubajaka ka, lamundo korobojeke, inanikande, sorubajaka, marobu zokunde kelibro korobo, Ariba shaka karianda, boroku rayeke keriende, mando robojaka karianda, borobojo kurayeke keriende, mari mando robojo kurayeke keriende, zubra kanda raboshe keriende, 
Mano Mokura Bojaka Karianda, Borobojo Kurayeke Keriende, Zubru Karianda, Broko Robojaka Karianda, O God of Mercy, Sirano Dorobosheke, Baruba Kakaye, Baruba Dokuraye, Basenke Kia Musanda, Oh, we bless you, God. Makare Soriende Kurubojaka, O God of Mercy, Serenes de Limandorobo, Makarianda Brokos Tolobo. Maribo Karianda Brokos Tolobo Bobokorobo, Eribashaka Karianda Brokos Tolobo, Mandorobo Jaka Karianda Blokoroboshte, Mandorobo Shokura Yeke Keriende. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I, I don't know what Joshua's battle strategy was, but permit me to just hazard a guess. At some point, as the battle went this way and that, because that's what the Bible tells us, that when he lowered his hands, the enemy gained ground. When he lifted his hands, the kingdom of God advanced. Now, all this was happening in the spirit realm, but in the natural, different things were happening. Joshua was giving instructions. But I'm sure you know there would have been a synchronization between what was happening naturally and what was happening spiritually because that's how it works. And so perchance it might have been that in the natural, as he steadied his hands, was the time that Joshua gave the instruction for the final charge. And it was that final charge that broke through the ranks of the enemy and brought victory. What am I trying to say? I want you to focus not on, one, not on two things, not on three things, not on four things, on one thing that you are believing will be erased, the memory of it from under the heavens, the memory of it in your family, the memory of it in your life. And I'm going to give an instruction like Joshua. In a sense, I'm saying charge. And I want you to, with every intensity that the Spirit can give you to come against that mountain. I declare in the name of Jesus that mountains will move in the name of Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit, please give us the strength now as we declare this charge against that mountain in the name of Jesus. Now let's begin to pray. That's the final charge. Begin to move against that mountain. It has to give way. It has to move. It is the word of God. His word cannot fail. It has to change. I declare it has to turn around. It has to obey God. It has to glorify God. It has to praise God. Come against that mountain. God says that if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can command it to move. And I want you to declare that the memory of it is erased, 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 erased in the name of Jesus. Come against that mountain by the word of God. Push that mountain. Command it to move. Command it by the word of faith to move. It must be erased. It must be erased. The memory of it must be erased in the name of Jesus. Mande rebo shingadu zaye brodo kuyande kere bazan kariba zaka ka robo shinde 
makurando robuzande kekekeri endekia mujanda borosokuraye raminda korobojokulaye madasto borubajanka mebrendekiye buragadashto robo borubajanko ribajaka mando robojoko korobojoko korobojoko korobo borubajande kianto mando robojokulaye Mazakaki ambo korobojeke Borubajando kuria da kasta Borobojokula yeke keriende Zibradakula yeke kurubujaka Mandorobojokula ye Bazo teriende Borubada brokurabajaka ka Orobozokula yeke keriende Mandorobojaka ka Mandorobojokurianda Merebozenturianda brokosto Manderebarabakianda brokozotula ye Borumanda brokos dolobo, mondo robo shanka brokos onlaye, menderi bato robo babu zanka yebe 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 sinda, borobo shanka ka, mondo robo shokulaye, mando robo shaka karianda, borobo shokulaye, mondo robo borobo zeki endere basada ye, oh God of mercy, oh God of mercy, mando robo shokulaye, oh God of mercy, sirade sirade sirade. Mani kandoro bojo kura yekeke, mandoro bojo kaka, borubajondo bojo kula ye, mandoro bojo kurianda brokoro bojo yekeke, mandoro bojo kurianda, borobojo kula ye, mandoro bojo kura yenge kianda robo, eribajanda kariara brokosto robo, mandoro bojo kula yekeke, borubajando korobojeke, iandoro bojo kariara. Borobozo kurianda, borobozo koko, rabista gorika derebo, mando robojaka karianda, borobozo kula yeke keriende, mando robojo kula yeke keriende, mando robojo kula yeki ando robojata, eribazende dere 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 borianda, boko koriende brokura boshke, mando robojaka karianda, borobozo kula yeke keriende, bojeke keriende. Mando robojokula ye, mando robojaka ka, oh God of mercy, sirade, sirade, sirade. Mando robojokula ye keke, we command that mountain to move. In the name of Jesus, we command that mountain to move. In the name of Jesus, borubajanka brokula ye keke riende, borobojeke keriende, bokula ye keke riende, maraboje keke, brokozokula ye keke riende. Boro bojokula yekeke, Borisa kanda kariashtelebo. Oh bazote, bagadeste, baribodeshtula ye, bagadekura ye. We command that mountain in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maka yebro koroboshte, boru bajanka yemosenke rianda, boko robojekeke, aribazeki ando robojokula ye. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we bless you. Oh, we glorify your name. We give you praise. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one of the questions that... that, that, that when I talk about this, I get asked, is whether a Christian that's oppressed by 
an evil spirit, a demon, a person without bodies with an evil mind. Whether the Christian can deal with it himself or whether the Christian needs help. Yeah, what people call a deliverance. Yeah. Can, can you do it yourself or do you need help? That's what, that's the term. I mean, deliverance has been an abuse term. It just means ejecting an alien. That's as simple as that. Just somebody who has no right being there saying the person should go. And the person goes. The truth is that you can. Yeah? I've done it myself for myself. But sometimes you need help in the sense that maybe there's not enough authority because it works by authority. Yeah? It works by the authority you have. That's why when Jesus was dealing with these illegal aliens, there was no drama. He didn't shout. You know, it was nothing. It was authority. He spoke and they knew who he was. Amen? You have the authority. Yeah? That was his promise when he was ascending. That all power and authority was given unto him and he has given it to us. Amen? Luke, the, the 10th chapter, the 17th verse. Luke 10 verse 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Luke 10, 17. I read 17, 18, 19. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. The obedience wasn't because of anything they said. It was because they used his name. And then he told them exactly what we said at the beginning. He says, yes. He told them, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. What was he saying? It's over for him. He has fallen already. And then he says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Can someone say amen? Amen and amen. You have the authority, exercise it. You can't be wearing a uniform, carrying a gun, criminals are running around and you can't arrest them. Arrest these, arrest these aliens, arrest them. You have the authority. They are afraid of you. They are hoping that you are afraid of them. Since you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, nothing will injure you. Can someone say amen? That's why you sleep well. Nothing will injure you. I sleep well. If the enemy, if he disturbs my sleep, you see, they know where not to go and look for trouble. If I wake up and you disturb my sleep so that my prayer time is messed up, I will make sure that you, when you hear Agu, you will go in the opposite direction just for waking me up. I love the story of Lester Somerell. Lester Somerell is ministering somewhere in, in the Amazon forest somewhere. And this is a place that's steeped in witchcraft. And they are witchcraft powers. They cause things to move. They do all those things. They have powers. Don't forget, Janice and Jambres. Pharaoh called them. When, when Moses threw down his rod to become a snake, Pharaoh thought, we are the custodians of this art. They just called Janice and Jambres. He said, show this small boy. And what did Janice and Jambres do? They threw their, you know that's their names, don't you? Yeah? You know that's their names. I'm not making the name up. Yeah? Okay. They threw their rods down. And their rods became snakes. What was that telling us? That there is a dark side. And they have some powers in the dark side. But how did the story end? Moses' rod 
the rod from Moses and Aaron swallowed their own. That tells me that Satan, do whatever you can. That we will swallow you up and nothing is going to happen. Amen? And so, so the, 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 the disciples said, my God, we went out, Lord Jesus. And these demons were afraid of us. Jesus said, that's no, big, that's no news. He says, they're under you. You have authority. He says, the thing you should be concerned about that should be making you excited is that your book is recorded in the book of life. You are saved. That's your number one joy. You're saved. As for demons, they're not primary. They're secondary. Amen? So, for the next few minutes, I want you to pick one area in your life where you know this area is not really totally submitted to God. In the sense that you don't have to announce it, but you know that the enemy gets the best of you in that area. It might be fear, it might be anger, it might be sorrow and sadness, depression, the darkness that comes with that. I don't know what the area is. It might be gluttony, it might be lustful thoughts. But can you settle it tonight? Can you just make sure you eject those aliens? The power is in your hands. It might be, it might be a, a fear of the future. It might be a hopelessness. It might be a cycle of failure. It might be an addiction. You know what it is. Every one of us here I know has an area that they haven't fully gained control. Now I want you to deal with it for the next five, seven minutes. Please deal with it. Please deal with it. You have the authority. You can deal with it yourself. You don't need me to lay hands on you. We can do all that later at some point. But for tonight, deal with it yourself. You have the authority. It can be sickness. It can be disease and affliction. It can be a, a, an affliction of the mind. But can you decide that I am not living here? This is it. It is over. Tonight, I eject you. I reject you. I eject you. Go on, lift your voice. It might be the fear of death. The fear of death is constantly tormenting you. Tonight, deal with it. Deal with it. Be decisive in dealing with it. Lift your voice. Uproot it. Uproot it. You have the authority. It has been granted to you. And what the disciples say, the disciples said it was in the name of Jesus. That's what he left us with. God, begin to come against it in the name of Jesus. What does your Bible say? At the mention of that name, every knee bows and every tongue confesses to his lordship. I speak that name, Jesus, into that your situation. It has to bow. It has to bow. As long as it has a name, then it is under the name of Jesus. Mareste, Bazingadoste, Brokulayeke, Kurumunda, Kayata, De Desuyande, Oprose, Tundele, Brokurayeke, Aribandake, Makiando. Go and come against it in the name of Jesus. Settle it once and for all. In the name of Jesus, settle it once and for all. In the name of Jesus, Shiraro, Shiraro, Bozeturaye, Manungadoste. Rozo bababu rabu jaka ka rehe rehe masondo come against it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus as David ran towards Goliath he lifted the name of God and declared that Goliath would be coming down in the name of God that situation has tried to mock God and you're saying no more 
I refuse to be submitted to the control of any messenger spirit. I refuse to be submitted to any evil spirits. I declare that I am a child of God. I trample on scorpions and serpents. I tread on them and none can injure me. Basil, it is the word of God. I wield it as a sword in my hand as I come against you. My Bible says if I am submitted to God and I resist the devil, he has to flee. I declare I am submitted to God. I resist every plan of the enemy. Bazo, I declare my freedom in that area. Neherebo sindosta, bradageste, brokuna nikan korobojaka, arede prozentu ramunda ye, bruka karianda keshi neni, mandorobo shokuraye, beze kurianda gasto, mandorobo shokuraye, merebondo robojaka karianda, manko robojaka karianda, mondo robo shokulaye kekeriende. Father, we thank you, O oh God. Lord, we bless you, O oh God. Oh, we thank you. We bless you, O oh God. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm, I'm sure you know that all I'm doing is just giving you principles. Yes, I'm sure you know that we are not going to pray through tonight here. But I hope every principle that you have been receiving... From when this started, I hope you're exercising your authority by those principles. Amen. I want to end on this note before I, I do what I do every night and receive that offering that I believe is going to bring a change. I talked about weapons of warfare, and I told you that it's not that I understand fully all these weapons of warfare, but I don't need to understand. How many know that the person who fires a missile? does not have to understand how they made the missile. The, the soldiers are not scientists. They are not engineers. They are not, they are not the people who make the missiles. The missiles are just given to them to fire. That's the way a lot of weapons in spiritual warfare are. We don't have to fully understand them as long as they can be deployed. And tonight I want you to deploy the sword of the Lord. Amen? I want you to deploy the sword of the Lord. What it does in the spirit, let it do what it does in the spirit. Isaiah 34 verse 5. And when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall upon Edom, the nation I have marked for destruction. We want to ask the sword of God to fall on everything that is standing against his plan and purpose in our lives. For he has marked them for destruction. Can someone say amen? Ezekiel 21 verse 28. Ah, Jehovah. And now, son of man, prophesy concerning the Ammonites and their mockery. Any circumstance, you're going to have to give me five minutes to overrun today. Can I do that? Five minutes? Because I want us to do this. Any circumstance that is mocking God in your life, the sword of God will fall on it tonight. Amen. It says, give them this message from the sovereign Lord. A sword, a sword is drawn for your slaughter. It is polished to destroy flashing like lightning. Ah, Jehovah. I love the Bible. Psalm 17 verse 13. Father, this is what we declare by your spirit. Psalm 17 verse 13. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. 
Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. Rise to your feet, please. Please release that sword. Just ask the Lord to release that sword. To rescue you from the wicked. Rescue you from the wicked. Go on, release that sword. To rescue you from the wicked. Father, we release that sword. We release that sword. The Bible says prophesy concerning it and their mockery. Prophesy concerning that mockery in your life. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. We, say, we declare that our fast is about the Sovereign Lord. A sword, a sword is drawn for your slaughter. It is polished to destroy, flashing like lightning. Go on, declare it. Prophesy. The sword, the sword is drawn for your slaughter. It is polished to destroy. We release it, O God. Father, let it not return, O God, without achieving the purpose for which it is sent, O God. Like a missile that has homed in on its target, let it home in, O God, on everything, O God, that is stopping your plans and purposes from coming to pass in my life. Father, let it destroy, O God. For it is programmed to destroy and we release it in the name of Jesus. It is programmed to destroy and we release it in the name of Jesus. For, for your name's sake that it might bring you glory. We release it. It is programmed to destroy, O oh God. Destroy every work of darkness that is arrayed against me in the name of Jesus. We release that sword, Bariasto, We release it, we release that sword. Oh, we say destroy every conspiracy. Destroy every gathering. Destroy every work of darkness in the name of Jesus. Surande. Makurande Kerianda Brokosto. We release that sword. Father, we say, arise, stand against them, bring them to their knees, O God. Father, rescue me, O God, from the wicked with your sword, O God. Father, let that sword fall where it should fall, O God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I prophesy, O God. I prophesy this message from the Sovereign Lord. A sword, a sword is drawn for your slaughter. I declare to the enemies of God. A sword, a sword is drawn for your slaughter. It is polished to destroy, flashing like lightning. Bazo. Menderi Oh God of mercy, Father, let that sword not come back, oh God, without achieving the purpose for which I have sent it today, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Barato Kurianda, Bazeke Keriete, Mando Robojuka Kariende, Keke Kurubojaka, Bozeke Keriende, Brokura Bababa, Fall! Let that sword fall! Oh God, arise, oh God, arise, oh God, on my behalf. 
Arise on behalf of my brother and my sister. Arise on behalf of your church, O God. Father, stand against them, O God. Father, to bring glory to your name, to make your name a praise, O God, in my life and in my family. Stand against them in this church, O God, in this city, in this nation. Stand against them, O God. Father, rescue every one of your children from the wicked by your sword, O God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, O God. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. Go on, somebody just thanking him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, O God. We bless you, O God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, O God. Sovereign God, you rule and you reign. All power belongs to you. And you have given us that immeasurable power to exercise it on your behalf. Help us, Father, to believe your word, to speak your word, and to see your word come to pass. And so we speak your word concerning our finances. Lord, it is not that we should consume it on our lusts. It is that we might be used to advance your kingdom. And so, Father, every stronghold in that area, we declare, has to come down in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we receive overwhelming grace to prosper for the sake of your kingdom, O oh God. Fathers, your children were called out. They were not called out of Egypt empty. You worked a miracle where the entire Egyptian economy was transferred to them. Father, we are asking for a modern-day miracle where we are given the wealth not to spend it on lustful things and material things, but that we might advance your kingdom. Father, for each one here whose heart is willing and obedient, may they eat the fruit of the land. And I pronounce, O oh God, a blessing on that seed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.